0: Today on Living in the Pages, I have the first male author. I think that's about as good of an introduction as you can get. Welcome, Isaac Marion. Hello, Isaac. Hello, Willow. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Well enough. My uh, stuffy little van here.
0: (laughs) Your van sounds very homey. Oh, yeah, very homey. So, you are the first man I have ever had on my podcast. <laughs> wow. So, we need to do huge fireworks That's here. dramatic. First <laughs> man. Thank you for being the first man. I had the privilege of meeting you at the PLN retreat, and it was so fun. I wondered how it felt to be the center of a hundred women's attention. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, it felt very
0: strange
1: <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was expecting that. So somewhat prepared, but yeah, but yeah, it was, um, it's been a while since I've done any event of any kind. So just like having attention in general was kind of,
0: mm-hmm. kind of,
1: uh, I'd forgotten what that felt like <laughs> to some extent, but, yeah, it was uh, definitely felt a little bit like a piece of meat, but I, I like it. <laughs> it feels good. <laughs> it's fun.
0: That's got to be hard, but kind of exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an unusual feeling.
0: With you being single, you could yeah. possibly meet your potential could. future. Seems
1: yeah. <laughs> <Everything's> possible.
0: <laughs> so I noticed you're an introvert. You noticed, huh? I did, and, I mean, so am I. How do you deal with that in these types of events?
1: Well, I mean, I think everyone kind of has two sides to their personality. And I kind of have an introvert mode and and an extrovert. And I can sometimes travel between them, although it's still by nature, no matter how much I'm in that mode, it'll still wear me out to some extent after, after a few hours, especially when so much of it in that situation is centered around me, which is sort of the opposite of How I normally operate, normally I hang out with people. I just, I ask questions and I want to learn about them. And the last thing I want to do is, you know, bloviate about myself. (laughs) But that's sort of what I'm there to do. So when in Rome.
0: (laughs) Well, you handled yourself very well. Thank you. Let's talk about warm bodies. What inspired you to write about zombies?
1: It was sort of just an idea that made sense for that particular story it wasn't at all like I was a huge zombie guy and I just wanted to write a zombie book and then I figured out the plot from there it was like I had kind of these two different thoughts operating at the same time one of which was just sort of what was going on in my life at the time I had moved to Seattle fairly recently and and was kind of adrift Uh, leaving behind a lot of my old belief systems and friend ties from the town where I grew up in. And Mm -hmm. it was just kind of like my identity had sort of dissolved in a way, like I had to find myself a certain way for most of my upbringing. And then I was leaving all of that and um, kind of just like starting over in a new place. And for a while, it was it was kind of rough, like I felt pretty alone and and was just Mm -hmm. in, in retrospect, I was Pretty severely depressed for several years, where mm-hmm. I just kind of felt like, on top of all that stuff I just said, I was also, you know, getting older and fo- kind of feeling right. that sensation of pulling away from from my youth and kind of the the feelings and and um, enthusiasm of youth. I could sort of feel it changing and not necessarily going away, but it felt different. And I was like, I don't, I don't feel the things I used to feel. Everything is sort of dulled, and and mm-hmm. just felt like something is something's very wrong and 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 was sort of trying to process all of that stuff and then I don't even remember how the idea crossed my path but I saw something to do with zombies and I kind of started thinking about like how come there's stories about pretty much every other mythological creature talking about you know yeah. their perspective and what where they come from and everything and, and like, how come they, no one's done this with zombies it seems like a very you know thematically right creature that has no memories, or no identity. It just goes through the motions and doesn't have any purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't really feel anything like mm-hmm. it literally can't feel. And so that seemed very relevant to me. And I thought, you know, this would be kind of a, an interesting way to explore that feeling without it being just me talking about being sad all right. the time. It would be a slightly more fun way of exploring a very dark topic. And so I just kind of jumped into that as an interesting vehicle of sort of, coming at those feelings from a from an unexpected direction and hoping to kind of get get underneath people's defenses that way
0: it's written so poignantly and I never expected to feel such compassion for a zombie you know just going into it
1: <laughs> yeah I mean I think a lot of people can if you when you really think about like what the experience of being a zombie would be I mean it, mm-hmm. it, it it's kind of like people assume that, you know, there's nothing going on in their minds, but given their behavior, it doesn't make sense that they would have no consciousness. Like they, they do things, they make decisions. So (laughs) there has to be something in there. And if you really think about what that would feel like, that's been sort of my shtick for a while, at least especially was during that time, I was writing a lot of stories based on kind of the POVs of very unexpected things Mm -hmm. like animals and Mm -hmm. inanimate objects. And (laughs) I would just write a lot of short stories kind of as a little POV experiments where I would just sort of begin, you know, I'm today, I'm a, I'm a cat, Uh a stoplight or a a pixel on a computer screen. I would sort of dive into that and then see, you know, what, (laughs) what I would say if I were to read that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes they're, they're just goofy and sometimes they go to surprisingly poignant places, but I think it's kind of interesting to, to, to tackle that because it's like you can see the world in a different way. And this one ended up being, you know, a lot richer than i expected Mm. it to
0: and there's a sequel i haven't read the sequel but the burning world yeah which i didn't know about and i want everyone to know about it
1: yeah it was sort of uh unfortunate scenario with that because you know everybody bought warm bodies but there's no mention of any future books in that edition Mm -hmm. so no one really has any direct clue unless they look it up online so Mm -hmm. here all the time like many many people who really loved Warm Bodies still are just now finding out that the, there's more to it. And there's actually two other books currently because there was a prequel novella that came out um, shortly after Warm Bodies or maybe a year later.
0: Okay.
1: And then, then the actual sequel came out last year. But but it's been really hard to spread the word about it. Hmm. Yeah. So there's another book called The Living and okay. it has been finished for over a year actually it's the end of the story and it's my favorite part of the story it's kind of where everything comes together for the the big payoff of it all so it's been very difficult to just be out there with this incomplete story and people are talking about it i'm like yeah but you don't know how it ends Uh, it's all gonna make sense soon
0: well i can't wait that's exciting yeah do you typically write every day when you're in the flow and working on a book or do you take time away and think about it, and go back to it.
1: I try to do it every day. I try to at least at least check in and and at least look at what I wrote, maybe write a few sentences. It's rare that I would intentionally step away from it mm-hmm. because it's once I get going, I just kind of it, it becomes my total obsession and, mm-hmm. and I don't really want to do anything else. Right. Not very good at taking vacations. No.
0: What do you do when the words aren't coming?
1: Yeah, that's a that's that's a struggle sometimes. I haven't really found a lot of definite solutions. The only thing that I've ever tried, I mean, say if I'm really stuck on on a story, sometimes it's just, uh, you know, taking a walk. Sometimes it's, um, going for a run that that's probably the most reliably effective, uh, thing that I've tried is, is just sort of getting, getting some kind of exercise Mm -hmm. sort of jogs my brain loose and gets the oxygen flow going. And I usually tend to, uh, solve those problems in the middle of a run Hmm. anything where i'm kind of moving and and um and not doing anything Mm -hmm. even sometimes even driving works for that like i'll take a long road trip and just sort of watch the scenery go by it frees up my mind to to wander while my body is still active
0: i love road trips
1: yeah i mean all my vehicles are (laughs) the van i'm in right now is a a camper van that's my primary vehicle and then i also have an rv which i've done thousands of miles in So my whole life is kind of set up for road trips. I have
0: major (laughs) RV envy. (laughs) I'm obsessed. Mine is a
1: very tiny one. It's a very funky old uh, 1978
0: GMC. Oh, sweet! Oh my!
1: Kind of looks a little bit like an airstream trailer, and it's kind of this big spaceship-looking rig. Cute. It's very fun to drive around. Every gas station, someone comes up to me like, "What the (laughs) heck is that thing?"
0: So I follow you on Instagram and I love how enamored you are with your cat. Yeah. (laughs) How did the two of you meet?
1: We met at Cat City. Oh. Which is a real place (laughs) that I didn't make up. Uh It's a a shelter um, where they have, you know, rescue cats are just hanging out there and I, they kind of have different rooms for different personality levels. There's like the ones that are, that are mellow and the ones that are, you know, special needs and I asked, you know, I wanted a mellow cat. and They sent me to the mellow zone <laughs> and, and uh, just like a bunch of chill cats hanging oh out in the in the mellow zone. And so <laughs> just kind of walked around until I introduced myself to a few and seen how they react. And this guy was just sort of taking a nap and woke him up and he just looked at me. He's like, oh, hey, what's up, guy I've never met. And just stretched out and let me pet him. I was like, I think this is Aww. the guy. And the rest is history.
0: so great. I found out this weekend that we were both raised in very conservative backgrounds. Oh, yeah? (laughs) How would you say this has shaped you creatively?
1: (laughs) You went from a very light question to a very deep one. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cats and the entire philosophy of my life.
0: That's how I roll, Isaac. That's how I roll.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I like it. Well, it definitely had an effect. I mean... Shaped my whole personality, basically. But as far as like the kinds of stuff that I that I write about and the way that I see the world, in 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 that sense, I mean it. Basically, I was raised with the idea that, you know, nothing we're doing on Earth really matters. I mean, because my my upbringing was very conservative, mm-hmm. but but also very religiously conservative. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of this mixture of. The politics were conservative as well, but more importantly to me was was the it's kind of just the worldview in general, yeah. which in that particular form of conservatism I can't speak for the whole spectrum, but it's very um like mm. isolationist <laughs> yep. and kind of like it's just, you know, me and mine, my family and, and God mm-hmm. and you know, everyone else can can go to hell and probably will go to hell. And so it's like growing up with that it was deeply ingrained in me, kind of like this, that we're basically just here to kill time until God, you know, pulls the plug on the world and resets everything. Mm-hmm. Which never, I never understood how people find that to be a a, a hopeful or inspiring worldview. Because I, you know, I'd ask people like, "Why are we here? What like, is our
0: purpose you here?" You say that
1: it's, you know, to serve God or whatever, but like, what, what is the point of this life if we're not trying to build
0: anything? Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if nothing we do is permanent we can't actually improve the world if it's all just going to get worse and worse and then it's all going to burn down like what is the point and i never really got a satisfactory answer for that and it, i found it to be pretty depressing and just sort of this very bleak apocalyptic worldview where um it's basically just a, a slide into oblivion and there's nothing you can do about it and i'm like okay then what are we working for like there's no point in You know taking care of the planet or trying to you know improve society in any way because it's it's all preordained to fail and Mm. so i struggled with that for a long time and that was actually a big part of of what became warm bodies is that i had kind of this finally finally had a sort of epiphany about all that stuff and realizing how toxic that that worldview had been for me and kind of found another way to look at it that did allow for making a difference in the world and for you know, having hope, basically the Mm -hmm. idea that we humans are not garbage, like we do have good in us and that we can do good things if we try. And that was like totally foreign concept to my worldview Mm -hmm. because I I was brought up that like we are just corrupt from the ground up and there's nothing that we can do that's good unless God, you know, does it for us. And so changing that idea was like very inspiring to me because suddenly I felt like, there is something that we can do. We can work toward a better future. We can try to improve our world like, from the inside out. And it doesn't have to end like that. Like There can be a, a better future. So yeah. huge change in my life. I don't know what I would have been writing if I had stayed with that mentality because there's just not a lot of hope in that to me.
0: I'm so curious. Do you feel like you've been kind of a late bloomer As a result? In a lot
1: of ways, yeah. The way that I was brought up is very unconventional. I mean, I I was basically raised in the forest. (laughs) I was homeschooled, some of it. And when I wasn't homeschooled, I was in very, very tiny Christian schools with like 12 people in my class. So like the social aspect was very strange and kind of limited. And I just didn't have much exposure to, you know, as we called it, the world, Mm -hmm. sort of put it in quotes, because it didn't mean the world, it meant, you know, them, there's us mm-hmm. in the kingdom of God and there's them. So, you know, I didn't really get exposed to pop culture or, you know, history or just a lot of stuff was sort of hidden for me because it was, you know, it was evil. It was right. the stuff of the world. And so in some ways, you know, I had a lot of catching up to do, like the schools I went to, I never read any of the classics because they were all of the world. <laughs> and so I come out of high school and stuff that most people, you know, had classes about, I had to, pick up and read it in my spare time so yeah like in some ways culturally it felt took me a while to to catch up and then right. mentally I think not so much though I think spending a lot of time alone in in some ways it can make you more mature yeah because you're not as focused on having good times and it, it's kind of a toss-up like I think it has the possibility to deepen your your mind in some ways but then as far as your interactions with people that you like behind a bit and that so yeah, like a lot of milestones that people have in life came much later for me, mm. but they, they came eventually. And
0: You're I, ready. I've made
1: a cut up. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thanks for talking about it because it is a weighty topic, but I feel so much that it has shaped you yeah. in every way. I mean, I don't know you well, but I feel it. The same for myself and so I saw it in you and could relate so much. Yeah.
1: It's a strange experience. And I, I mean it feels kind of like a unique and, and lonely experience, but then I meet people all the time mm-hmm. that, that came from that same background. And so it's kind of this hidden norm mm-hmm. that that most people don't know about.
0: Oh, uh, well let's shift back to light.
1: Okay. <laughs> I don't mind going deep. I like it. Oh,
0: it's good. I do a fast five every time, where I ask random questions, and you just answer off the top of your head.
1: I'm really bad at these. I'll tell you that up front. It's okay. We'll see. You can <laughs> totally
0: suck, and it will be okay.
1: If it if it's a lot of what's your favorite questions, I'm gonna totally bomb and, and stall oh, because no. I'm be terrible at picking favorites.
0: Well, okay, we're in trouble then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Instead of saying favorite, I will say, what do you like? Okay. So. What would be a date night that you would enjoy?
1: Uh, it depends on where we're at in the, in the process, I think, but like a basic early date, pretty simple for me, just go get a drink and get to know each other a little mm-hmm. later in the relationship. You know, it might get a little a little weirder. Go <laughs> a little weirder. go somewhere, <laughs> go to parks or something. I'm, I don't go that creative it's right. with dates really. honestly. I, for me, it's more about like what happens between the people, like yeah. talking, so the activity is less important to me than just like finding a place where we can communicate and get to know each other.
0: Good answer. Good answer. What's the last book you read and loved?
1: Hmm. I've been on kind of a dry streak lately. Really? I've been, I uh, had a lot of books that I read and did not love. The last one that I guess I would say I read and at least liked a lot was Annihilation mm. by Jeff Vandermeer.
0: Okay.
1: Um, that one was particularly interesting to me because it was really successful, and I don't understand how because it's so strange. Like it doesn't really have a narrative, it doesn't have any of the traditional uh, dramatic beats. Yeah. Really, it's sort of just like a meandering stream of consciousness in, into very alien territory, and yet somehow, you know, it's sold in airports. It was a bestseller, and I'm like, oh, that's encouraging.
0: Like, yeah. if something
1: that weird and and offbeat can can be a hit, that Gives me hope.
0: I just did that same thing last night because I was I picked up a book from the airport that's a bestseller, and I, I mean, ten chapters in, I'm still shaking my head like, how <laughs> has this happened? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it, and I'm instead of being encouraged, I get fouled. Oh
1: well, there's the other kind too, yeah, where <laughs> it's just bad, and and then you wonder how. But in this case, it's more like
0: it gives you hope. It's
1: good to see that the public is occasionally capable of getting excited about something that isn't formulated. Yeah,
0: that's true. Okay, cake or pie?
1: Uh, definitely pie. Again, okay. that's an easy one. Though, though I do love a few cakes, but but yeah. you know, the fruit, the the the, the brown sugar crumbles and all that Mm. stuff hard to beat. cake is pretty tough to make uh to make extraordinary it's kind of you know cake is cake
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay what I won't say favorite but (laughs) vacation spot
1: well first of all I think like I mentioned I'm really bad at vacationing (laughs) in general yes for me I guess I mean (laughs) when I do vacations I mean I guess most often I'll I'll go to the ocean is probably what I'd have to say Mm -hmm. um when I when I do just need to get away from it all, um, I'll just, you know, I live near the coast, so it's not much of a trip, but drive out there and just kind of camp in my van or in in my RV and just, you know, be by the water. Nice. I'm not much of like a margaritas on the beach guy. Mm -hmm. I've had a few opportunities to go to places like that and I've turned them down and been sort of amazed at myself. Like (laughs) someone's offering me a free ticket to, you know, Trinidad or whatever it was. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to stay here. Right
0: <laughs> That's dedication. So something's wrong with me. But. Okay. One last question. Who has it easier, men or women?
1: <laughs> I mean, I'd have to say men. Okay. It's, there's certainly pros and cons to both, but overall, yep. the periods alone are enough to, to give, make me give All that right. answer. because. I've seen the hell yes. that y'all go through. Yes, indeed. <laughs> not to mention the whole vast spectrum of, you know, patriarchal culture. Mm-hmm. So
0: I had to ask. Yeah,
1: there are a few, a few little, little uh, things I could complain about, but it's not really worth voicing <laughs> in this in the spectrum of things.
0: So you're a musician as well. I just realized you had CDs when I was preparing for this, and. I heard Dead Children. Mm -hmm. Dang. That chorus, my goodness. It's awesome.
1: Oh, the song? Yes. That's the name of the album, too. Oh, I meant the
0: song. Sorry.
1: Okay. Yeah, that album I wrote pretty much at the same time as I was writing Warm Bodies. I kind of considered a loose companion piece to Mm -hmm. that because it has a lot of the same themes and emotions that were involved
0: do you perform out anywhere
1: it's been a long time and i haven't done anything serious with music since 2007 that was my last major effort with that album it,
0: do it i am
1: doing it currently i'm, I'm in a band called thing quartet that Good. has been practicing for over a year and we're just finally getting close to being able to perform as very complicated music and it's been hard to learn but I, i'm pretty excited about it and I'm really excited to perform it and to record it.
0: You're a perfectionist, aren't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's hard for me to dive into something casual. If my name's on it, if it's my project, then I, I, I tend, it tends to totally absorb me. And so I've figured that out. And s- some people can kind of dabble in a lot of different things at the same time. And, and for me, it's like I know if I start writing songs, I will completely lose interest in in my mm-hmm. books and i will yeah. put all my energy into songs and so i have to kind of be conscious of that mm. before i start anything new
0: i get that it's
1: frustrating i wish i could multitask but
0: yeah. yeah but your work speaks for itself well thank you so we usually do a song together at the end of my podcast <laughs> <laughs>
1: really we do a song we do
0: and um i was thinking <laughs> about maybe doing hold me closer tiny dancer what do you
1: mean by doing
0: (laughs) singing it
1: oh that's not happening no (laughs) no no no. everyone
0: does it I promise I'm not I'm not making it up how about this
1: how about this I will provide the the low monk drone to be the baseline for (laughs) you to sing it and it will have a very strange and mystical flavor oh
0: I can do that
1: okay Ready? Okay,
0: yeah. Uh... Hold me closer. <laughs> no, not the right key. <laughs> Hold me closer, tiny dancer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. How was that, that was excellent. If I could have not laughed, it would have been better. But
1: <laughs> you got you got the line out <laughs> close enough.
0: Uh, Well, thank you so much for doing this today. No problem. Best of luck and have a wonderful day. You too. Bye. Bye. If you enjoy these podcasts, please share with your friends. Leave stars on iTunes, a review. It's all appreciated. See you next week.